Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. everyone, I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The National Football League just opened up its 100th season. That's right, a century. So how did they celebrate? With a totally embarrassing Antonio Brown fiasco. More than an embarrassment, it was an ugly disgrace. And speaking of ugly, the Giants and Jets season openers were just that. Ugly, ugly, and more ugly. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. As I said, 100 years of the National Football League. Think about that. 100 years. I mean, a century. That's quite something. So how did the NFL celebrate This Antonio Brown fiasco was a complete and utter disgrace. It was was so embarrassing. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, words cannot describe how embarrassing it was. And the National Football League, I don't know what they legally can do. But I know morally what they should do. For lack of a better term, this bum, Antonio Brown, needs a kick in the ass. He also needs a suspension. Now, I don't know what the deal is with Roger Goodell. And you've heard me say this before. I have supported Goodell. But you can't let As the saying goes, the inmates run the asylum. Can't do it. Bad for business. Antonio Brown wanted out. First of all, he wanted out. He was a pain in the ass in Pittsburgh. So the Steelers decided to trade him. All right, let's let's get his ass out of here. So they trade him. And they trade him to Oakland for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. And everybody was bitching and moaning, you know, how the hell could you trade somebody such a star quality and a super talent, arguably the best receiver in the league, for a third and a fifth round? Well, this is why you traded him for a third and a fifth rounder. Because you couldn't get anything more because of what he is, a disruptive Pain in the ass. There is no denying that he's a super talent. There is no denying that he's a super talent. 
But, all right, so he goes from the Steelers to the Raiders. And let me tell you something. This guy took a look at what the Raiders are and said, I don't want any part of this. You know, there's been a lot of talk that this whole thing going to the Patriots, you know, and to Belichick and Brady was orchestrated. I don't think anything of the sort that it was orchestrated finagled, you know, that the Patriots predetermined that were going to get him. But I, in my bones, believe that he orchestrated, meaning Antonio Brown being he, orchestrated this whole fiasco to get himself out of Oakland. But he's just a disruptive, bad guy. Now, I think Oakland eventually did the right thing, but they screwed it up how they handled it. Because after he was suspended by GM Mike Mayock, John Gruden, well, I think he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. No, listen, Mayock may be the GM, but Gruden's the guy with the $100 million contract, $10 million a year. If you're not backing each other up, you're dead. So I, I actually think that's going to fall apart in Oakland if it hasn't already. All right? But Mayock suspended Antonio Brown and fined him. They got into a nose-to-nose in front of the team. Uh, or teammates, other players, and Antonio Brown called Mike Mayock, the general manager, a cracker. Now, let me tell you this. What do you think would have happened had somebody called a black player the N-word? What do you think would have happened? What do you, in your honest-to-goodness soul, think would have happened? I'll tell you what would have happened. His ass would have been hauled in to the commissioner's office in a finger snap. And I would have bet a suspension would have followed. In a finger snap. Is the NFL, is is the league, is the commissioner afraid? You know, racism works both ways. I can guarantee you if the N-word would have, be, would have been used, it would have been a major uproar. Major uproar, and well, it should have been. The same way calling his GM a cracker should have been a major uproar. Instead, what happens to Antonio Brown? This piece of garbage gets his way. He gets his way. He gets to New England, the defending Super Bowl champs. He gets his $15 million for the year. He gets his way. He gets out of a bad team situation to a defending Super Bowl championship team situation. 
I think it's a disgrace. I think it's an absolute disgrace. And it just goes to show you, you know, I I read some remarks someplace. Well, shame on the New England Patriots. Shame on the New England Patriots, you know, for picking him up. Shame on Bill Belichick. I hope the Patriots lose every game. I've, you know, been reading this and hearing about it. Look, I'm not a Patriots fan. But I got no problem. I have no problem with the Patriots signing Antonio Brown. Now, you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Russ. Wait a minute. You're criticizing the league on one aspect of it. Now you're saying you have no problem with the Patriots signing him. Well, here's what the deal is. The National Football League, no matter what we all want to think, and this goes for the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, whatever the hell league you want, the Little Sisters of the Poor League, the Running Rabbis League, I don't care what. The National Football League, the bottom line is winning games. You got it? The bottom line is winning games. If you're a coach, for sure that's your bottom line. It's winning games. We're not. You don't become a head coach because morally you want to make these men better young men. That all sounds not nice and dandy and, you know, Newt Rockney, rah, 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 bula, bula, and all that nice stuff. But that's not reality. Bottom line is winning. Just like you've heard me say in the past regarding college sports and what. Bottom line is winning, especially in the pros. However, with the winning comes a standard. I would have had no problem if the NFL hauled Antonio Brown's ass in for a meeting at their offices on Park Avenue and said, Cracker. Hey, Antonio, how would you like if somebody called you the N-word? How would you like if your coach or GM or somebody or or a teammate called you the N-word? How would you like it if I, the commissioner of the NFL, called you the N-word? There'd be an uproar. And if somebody called you the N-word and I, the commissioner, Roger Goodell of the National Football League, didn't do anything about it, my ass would be roasted and toasted for not doing anything. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Goodell. This one you got wrong. Don't tell me silence is golden here. You can't have people behaving this way. What Antonio Brown pulled is absolutely disgraceful. Now, I understand. Bottom line is winning. You know, it's the same thing you've heard me say time and and again, folks. You could be a substance abuser. You could be a drug addict. If you're good... 
if you're real good, you're going to get a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. Who was the reliever for the Yankees? Oh, yeah. Steve Howe? What did he get, seven or eight chances? Eight. My boy Crash here tells me eight. Why did he get eight chances? Well, because they wanted to stand by him. No, they gave him eight chances because eight different times people thought he could help them win. That's why. If he was a half-ass 10th guy in the bullpen, he wouldn't have got all those chances, gotten all those chances. So if, if you want to sign Antonio Brown or the Antonio Browns out there, so be it. But when you start using that kind of language, that's got to be stopped. But by the way, folks, another thing here, which you might be wondering. If, if Antonio Brown was a half-ass, men's amends, so-so football player, nobody would have picked him up. But because he's special, he was picked up. Because the team believes, the Belichick and the Patriots believe, Antonio Brown can help them win. What am I driving at? I'm driving at Colin Kaepernick. And, you, you know, everybody's still pissing and moaning. Oh, he's blackballed. He's blackballed. Black schmalled. Okay. If somebody really thought Colin Kaepernick could help their team win, he would have been signed. They view him as not the talent he was in the past. You've heard me say this over and over and over and over to we're all blue in the face. And to sign him, so when everybody says, oh, he's blackballed, to sign him to be your backup quarterback makes no sense. The reason it makes no sense is because when you sign him to be your backup, that means any time there's an instance of a problem, instance of a racial issue, instance of anything, you're going to have a 100 people jamming into the said locker room of that team, jamming around your backup quarterback's locker. Doesn't make sense. It does, it's distracting to the team. Trust me, if he was the quarterback talent, Kaepernick, if Kaepernick was the quarterback talent that Antonio Brown is as a wide receiver talent, he would have been signed. So just to get that straightened out. But this... Roger Goodell should be embarrassed and the league should be embarrassed. Just thoroughly embarrassed. This is how your National Football League season opened up. I think it was absolutely disgraceful. Just just ugly. Didn't make any sense to me, none whatsoever. Well, I, I guess you could say it made sense because that's what Antonio Brown is. Do I think it'll work out in um, New England? 
if it'll work out any place, it will work out in New England. I'm just not never convinced. I mean, he's not going to walk in and disrupt anything in New England. That I can assure you. If he if he attempts to do it, his ass will be out of there in 30 seconds. And again, I'll say it. I, I have no problem with the Patriots signing him. But I do have a problem with what he was allowed to get away with. And if some of you think I'm beating this into the ground, so be it. But I can assure you this. If it was reversed and and a black player was called the N-word, trust me, it would not have gone, oh, okay. No, 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 no. Doesn't work that way. So when I said at the beginning that this is more than embarrassment, it was an ugly, ugly disgrace. You can put those in caps because it was an ugly, ugly disgrace. Now, on a topic of ugly. Our local teams opened up their season this past weekend, and ugly doesn't do justice to what we all had to see. Let me first go to the Jets, because I'll go, go into the order of the ugliness that happened. And first, let me say this, folks. One game does not make or break a season. It just doesn't. You know, it doesn't. It does not make or break a season. Now, I'm I'm not suggesting that the Jets or the the Giants are going to regroup and go on to win the Super Bowl. But it doesn't mean they're going to be as bad as they look yesterday. That said, they look pretty damn bad yesterday. I mean, first of all, Jets had a 6 nothing lead in the first half. And you might be saying, well, Russ, I mean, you know, you can't be complaining. You know, Jets defense held them off the board. No. Hold on a second. They got four turnovers. Four. One, two, three, four in the first half and only maintain a 6 nothing lead. And those those turnovers weren't from great plays by the um by the Jets D. It was self destruction by the Bills offense. They don't have a kicking game. Misses the guy misses an extra point and a field goal. And then they go ahead and lose. 17 unanswered points at home. Now, the Bills are not a juggernaut. Again, one game does not make your season. But again, I will go back to last year. And I think uh, Sam Donald is going to be a terrific quarterback in this league for a long time. But as our old friend... 
Bill Parcells would say, let's not put him, let's not give him a, put his bust in, in, uh, in Canton. Let's not put him in Canton just now, meaning the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. He looked lousy yesterday. The, to me, the only guy for the Jets who looked good yesterday, real good, I mean, he's a super talent, is the new running back, Le'Veon Bell. But it was just it was just a bad, bad performance in front of your home crowd. And, you know, th- there's the old adage in sports, you let somebody hang around, you let somebody hang around. But even when they went up 16 nothing, it was nothing to write home about. And if you thought you were seeing something special, then you were looking through uh, green-colored, jet-green glasses. So they're going to regroup. I think the Jets are a lot better than what they showed yesterday. But uh, there is room for a lot of improvement. Let's just say that. First of all, their defense... Couldn't make a stop when they needed to make stops late in the game. You heard that several times before. Got to be able to make a stop. When the money's on the table, you got to be able to make a stop. Jets failed to do that. Now... On the topic of failing to make stops. Oy vey. The Giants could not stop Dak Dak Prescott and the Cowboys yesterday at all. Uh, You know, I I had... um, I was on a pregame show this past Sunday with... um, excuse me, with Sid Rosenberg. And I had said, uh, I thought the the strength of the Giants this season is going to be what their weakness was last season, the offensive line. And their offense, last year I think he was sacked, Eli, in the second game of the season against the Cowboys in Dallas, I think it was six times. Wasn't really sacked yesterday. And and if it was one sack, it was kind of because it was on a rollout. So the offensive line did an outstanding job, and they are new and improved, and they're good. And Eli threw, you know, for 300 yards. He, Well, he was something like 30 for 44. I mean, Eli, Eli had a good game, did some really good things. It was a few things that, you know, I like to take back that he'd probably like to take back. But the defense, I I said, that was the strength. And I said, if they could keep it going and maintain ball control with short screens and um, medium-range passing passing game, they'd be okay. The problem, I said, was going to be when the Cowboys had the ball. Because Giants have, what do they have, like six or seven... Six or seven rookies on the defensive unit. And 
Five of the six are D-backs. And those D-backs were lost in space against the Cowboys. Now, I understand, you know, it's a learning process. But whatever it was, I have never seen five straight possessions, five touchdowns. I have never seen, I really, I can't remember seeing receivers that wide open. So it was a combination of, you know, I said, if you're not going to get a pass rush, Dak Prescott could be playing catch with Amari Cooper and other receivers all day, and that's exactly what happened. You didn't need to look into a crystal ball to know that would have, could have been the case because it became the case. You know, and then at the end, then at the end, Daniel Jones gets put in. And and I, I just want to tell you a little something about Daniel Jones. Okay. This whole business with Daniel Jones is insanity. I was there, you know, I'm already reading, I'm reading in the Daily News today that it's saying, just start the kid now. Why? Because the defense isn't any good, so start the kid now? So let's make your $20 million, whatever he is, veteran, two-time Super Bowl MVP, sit his ass on a bench. The same people who didn't want Daniel Jones when he was drafted and criticized the Giants, they've been pulling this crap. You've heard me talk about it ad nauseum over and over again. Now all of a sudden, because they want a quarterback controversy. Quarterback controversies are like... Quarterback controversies to people in the sports media is like racism to the news media. It's sexy. It makes for controversy. That that's what it does. That's that's what it does. All right? That's exactly what it does. It just makes for controversy. Last Friday, let me give you a week. I'm going to give you a week. This past Friday, that's the last day the, the uh, you know, Pat Sherman meets with the media because they're playing on Sunday. What do you think was the first question? Now, here the Giants are on the brink of their season opener against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. There's new enthusiasm. Everybody's revved up. What do you think was the first question to Pat Shermer? The first question was, who's your backup quarterback? Like, Shermer looked like as if you're crazy. You're, you know, who's your backup quarterback? Who do you think it's going to be? He didn't say that, but, you know, he said Daniel Jones. To which the next question, the follow-up was, is he going to dress? Wait a minute. You're asking me if he's the backup 
and then you're asking me if he's going to dress. No, he's not going to dress. If Eli gets hurt, I'm going to call Russ and get crashed to go into a phone booth, put on a very big cape, fly in, and be my backup quarterback. Because everybody, they're more concerned with Daniel Jones than anything else. It's stupid. Now, that was Friday. Let's go to the beginning of the week on Monday. What do they ask Daniel Jones? Is it going to be hard for you not starting for the first time since high school? Really? This is what you're asking a kid? They just want it to be a mess. They want it to be a quarterback controversy. You know, Parcells used to say to us, um, he says, three things can beat you, beat your team. The opponent, the vision within, and the media. And a lot of people used to look at Parcells like kind of, what do you mean the media? Ah, what are you taking a shot? Let me tell you something. As a member of the media, he's right. And believe me, I've had my confrontations over the years with plenty of people, including Bill Parcells. Sometimes you got to ask t- tough questions that they don't like. But this business with the quarterback shit is just, that's it. It's shit. It's nonsense. Yeah, Giants defense sucked. So you can say the Giants sucked because you win as a team and you lose as a team. I firmly believe that. You don't point fingers. Not within the locker room. It's okay for us to say, well, obviously, they got to fix the defense. And I'm not remotely, you know, I'm hearing, oh, what the heck is James Betcher, the defensive coordinator, doing? Folks, I'm not remotely comparing these Giants to the 2007 Giants that won uh, the Super Bowl and knocking off the undefeated Patriots. But in that first season, the Giants lost their first two games with the defense giving up 80 points. They lost 45-35 and 35-13. And then in the, in the third game, they were in Washington, I believe it was, and they were losing 17-3 at the half before they subsequently won 24-17. Now, I'm not saying this is... Um, this team compares to that team. There's no Michael Strahan. There's no OCU Miura. There's no Antonio Pierce. But, um, you know, they, they were just roasting and toasting, um, roasting and toasting the Giants' defense. Well, these are kids, so they're going to have to get better. And it's a rebuilding process. And whether you or I like it, that's the way it is. But stop this bullshit about Daniel Jones this and Daniel Jones that. It's the first game of the season. Daniel Jones came in. Unfortunately, he fumbled the ball. Could you just imagine? 
same situation if it was Eli. I mean, I mean, they they just wait. If if Eli, I'm t- you heard me say this. If Eli blows his nose or farts in the wrong direction, they're going to crucify him. It's stupid. And that is your first weekend in the National Football League. Having said that, that's a wrap right here, folks. I want to thank you all for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. You can contact me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also always check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks to Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano, who always takes such fine care of me. Thank you, big man. Thanks to Tim Einico, my outstanding OG Podcast Network producer, to the uh, very fine Dave Labrosi. 77 WABC program director and the outstanding assistant of his, Matt Dahl. And of course, last but certainly not least, you guys and gals out there, because without you people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great day. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.